0: Hey, fellow tennis nerds. Dennis and I, we're back. Uh, it's kind of an, an emergency podcast. Well, it's not really that serious. It's more like very interesting in our state in the US Open where we have three possible world number ones. There will be a new one. Rafa lost last night, but he can still be the world number one. And you, Dennis, know exactly what the scenarios are. Uh, so what needs to happen for Nadal to be number one?
1: Yeah, hi, everyone. Um... Yeah, it's it's funny this impromptu uh, emergency podcast. I love I love that, that we we just we just decided that we have to do it. So yeah, uh, basically what it is happening now that Nadal will be world number one if uh, Alcaraz nor Rude gets to the finals. If Alcaraz gets to the final, Rude doesn't get to the final, then Alcaraz will be world number one. Same happens the other way around. If it will be an al route Root final, then whoever wins it will be world number one. So as of yet, now it's Nadal who will take world number one uh, ranking after the U.S. But the, um, the scenario which I just uh, told you about will happen if, um, if that's the case.
0: Yeah it's interesting quite exciting and and what a opportunity for for like a guy like alcaraz for example if he wins this tournament he's number 1 in the world
1: and apparently he will be uh, the youngest world number 1 ever if yeah, he well, if he does
0: that that's that's an amazing so that would be something something else for sure uh, but yeah they have three more matches we're in the quarter final stage and it's not like easy sailing what we predicted is happening in the terms of Sinner playing Alcaraz, both of them had five set matches, which were very hard fought. Uh, a little bit surprising that Silic put uh, a, such a test to Alcaraz, but in the end, Alcaraz came through in the fifth. And even more surprising, I would say that Ivashka put such a test to Sinner. And the, the, the kind of storyline in both of these matches were quite similar, like they were winning one set each. And the favorite started by winning the first set, which is quite rare when, when it becomes like a five setter. So it was like a seesaw thing in these matches. But in the end, they both came through, which is very uh, promising for their future prospects. And then we had obviously a massive achievement by both Francis Tiafo, who is in the quarterfinals after beating Rafa, played probably the match of his life. And Nick Kyrgios, you could argue, argue also played the match of his life against Medvedev. So, there's been some spectacular tennis and there will be a new Grand Slam winner.
1: Which is great to see. Uh, we we were talking before we started recording that it's uh, we, we play this safe, which I think is the right thing when Nadal is in the draw and when we're talking about the reigning champion, defending champion, Madhvidev. But we both felt... I mean, I felt before the TFO game that Nadal might be facing a, a fairly sturdy test here and... and yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I, I think Tiafo played the match of his life. Tiafo played unbelievable. I mean, it, it was a bit strange to see his uh, his serving uh, tactics because because he was serving lights out to to Nadal's forehand. so um, to uh, to the middle and to the uh, to to wide on on the outside and and middle and in, in the juice um, side. And he was serving absolutely amazingly. And then his cut serves out wides weren't really working that well, but he still kept on going with it. Although Nadal like he, he could conduct only just the, I don't know, four or five break points. So it, it wasn't overwhelming, but Nadal wasn't, was not below par in the first set. definitely something wasn't right. Then he started playing like Rafa in the second. Then Tiafo, oh my God. I mean, I watched the whole match and and the guy wasn't missing. He he didn't feel any pressure. He didn't he didn't feel that he has to make the shots. He just made them. Everyone knew that Tiafo had it in him. It was just a matter of of when or if ever he can actually like get it out of his system. And 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 he just played absolutely amazing. I was like semi surprised on on i mean on nick i wasn't surprised it was a 50-50 we said that as well we just thought that maybe the routine and and you know basically just just the just the amazing defensive skills of of Medvedev will be too much for nick it wasn't which which is surprising and you've heard about the rumors that nick might uh, hang up his rackets if he wins the us
0: I think it's based kind of on that he said something in an interview which I guess was tongue in cheek right I don't really believe it's it's true I I do struggle to believe it I think if he wins the US open I think he gets probably a more inspiration to play even better he seems to like it this year but you never know with him like he could go that way and then return in 2 years or but I don't see why if he shows himself now like he said he was struggling with depression in an interview that he was really mentally way below par before he decided to go and and really focus and he's feeling better than ever. I mean, he's getting married, uh, has, you know, pretty serious relationship. Things seems to be good on the personal front. So I think it's everything seems to go in his favor right now. And I don't see why he would then just stop playing tennis. It seems strange to me when he's in a good spot.
1: And also, uh, Costine seems to love this lifestyle, and that's what matters to Nick now, it seems. Obviously, I'm talking about Costine Hatsy, who's uh, Nick's girlfriend or fiancé or future wife. And I think, like, Nick even said that next year he's going to play the French because Costine never seen Paris.
0: Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) He's he's a romantic guy
1: yeah (laughs) bless him he's just gonna take like half a mil or a million dollars in the process but he's gonna play it but you know what he doesn't actually move badly on on a clay court either so you know his lights out tennis what he's doing at the moment you know with him nothing is predictable but I I just I really doubted that he would actually do that when he's really feeling it yeah everyone is saying that he's not practicing which I don't Believe he has to practice, he looks in good shape. You know, we, we talked about it that in the fifth set, it might have been down to the wire. He was playing so freely against Medvedev, he yeah. was just you know, all, all the shot selection and everything was absolutely immaculate and you know, serving really well and and volleying skills. They just lost in, in the doubles. I don't know if you've seen it, but they actually uh, just lost in the final set tiebreak in the doubles against the Glasspool and Haliovara.
0: Ah, okay. I didn't see that, but maybe that's not so bad for his singles focus. I, 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 who definitely knows? But...
1: Not. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, he he just, he just also said in an interview that he doesn't like to practice, and that's why he's playing doubles, because it's just good on his days off.
0: <laughs> he definitely practices. There are plenty of evidence, but maybe he practices less than other players, because some people practice a lot. With these kind of creative players like Tiafo and Kyrgios, and I think that was what happened to Tiafo, is that when they feel no pressure like against legends like Rafa or a super strong player and the world number one, like Medvedev, no pressure, they can hit freely. And if they lose, nobody's going to say anything. They play much better. But when they play these guys that are 60 in the world and the pressure is on them to win, that's less convincing, both from Tiafoe and Kyrgios. They're both very creative. They have some very nice spellbinding shots that always seem to happen in matches. But they also have these situations where you... Where they disappoint you kind of in a way that they play way below par especially against players that they are kind of supposed to beat there's not that much you know excitement from the crowd obviously on the big stage these guys shine quite a bit so I, it's not super surprising that it, this kind of breakthrough from the happens against rafa you know at the u.s open i think it will be a bit tougher to back it up but we can go through the the quarterfinals now i mean the women's tennis is kind of running along as predicted I don't think there's been any yep. huge shocks uh, Garcia your pick uh, looks amazing in, in shape maybe the the best player in the field at, at this time what's we'll, we'll
1: see well yeah it, it will be an interesting one tonight against golf which I sort of bluntly predicted as as the uh, as the final as the wannabe final and whoever wins that will win the tournament because obviously like Shontek is still there but yeah you're you're right it's it's coming along well and that's what I wanted to say as well. That in in the beginning we were a bit sad about what was happening in the first two rounds in the women's, and now when we're in the last eight, it's just it just seems like yeah, all the players who we predicted will be will be good are here, and they're like flying. Like Pegula was was really really impressive. I mean, I was I was really impressed with with her depth. She wasn't hitting a lot of winners, but it was really really impressive. Uh, Tiafo, he seemed really relaxed. He hit the ball you know, just full on as, as how it is. But the one thing which, which isn't really mentioned that much is that this is his third consecutive fourth round. This was his third consecutive fourth round in the U S and that hasn't been done since Marty fish uh, a decade ago. So that is really, really impressive. And And that one, I mean, obviously Americans I'm talking about, and you know what he has, all the tools he didn't drop a set until until against rafa second so i fancy him against rublev i think he has i mean we are just saying this to rublev every round so we do apologize to andre because he is playing really really well and he beat uh nori yesterday really convincingly like you know nori was below par really below par but but still andre is playing good tennis I still believe that that he has weaknesses which will be utilized against him in the coming rounds.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I kind of feel feel ruble there. I don't know. I think think like with Tiafo is one of those players that I predict has a huge win and then he the air goes out of it. Uh, that can happen. I don't know. I hope it doesn't, because I, I hope he plays well. But I have a, a little bit of a worry for him that he's gonna play the next match with less energy you know and you if you come with less energy against a guy that hits every ball like it's the last ball we will ever hit it can be a problem but then you know yeah rublev it doesn't have the best track record when it gets close to slams, so uh, it's very open that match for me and in the end i probably pick rublev personally and then we have the match we talked about quite a lot already before the tournament alcaraz sinner it's a big match looking at the how they played i feel Alcaraz like we talked about and we both predicted I don't think there's any reason to change that feeling uh your opinion
1: uh yeah I mean Sinner was sort of uh, the rude of the tournament wasn't he like he was sort of flying under the radar because everyone was talking about the immaculate performance of of uh, Carlos and Carlos was really impressive in the fifth set against uh, Chile He wasn't doing much I mean he was just you know serving well I think Cilic lost a bit. Uh, It was almost one of the latest, uh, I think it was the second latest uh, finish of the US ever in one of the matches, it was just a few minutes shy of of being the latest finish ever, which is not good. That's one of the things which is telling towards uh, Sinner's uh, victory that if someone finishes a match so late, it's really hard to regenerate all the energy two days later. But Carlos is special, so I think I think Carlos will come come out this time uh, guns blazing, and he
0: will be lights out.
1: And I truly believe now with the new uh, draw and Accra's curious final,
0: oh, that would be cool. That would be a a, a very nice one to watch. Uh, yeah. In the other one, we have Kasperud Berrettini. Berrettini is one of those guys that never goes away. No matter you know he's always very strong under pressure. His game is obviously very much centered around his serve and his big forehand. Backhand being a liability, like we all know. Ruud is a tank. He just keeps going like the Durazel bunny, you know. But that match is quite open. I still think Bertini has the strongest match head in a, in a five-setter. That's my feeling.
1: Two thoughts about it. Like obviously, Ruud on clay this year wasn't really surprising that he got to the final of the French. I mean, Nadal was was unbeatable in that day. It, it, it didn't matter who played against Nadal on that day. I would have possibly said that Ruud has like a forty-five percent chance of winning, but I've seen him against Mute, and that was that was such a, a worry. Like Mute wasn't doing much. He doesn't have a serve. I mean, bless him. He's he's a great player. I agree. I feel Barrettini. He was strong. Like against Murray as well. He was strong. He kept his game. He he went for it. Um and and last round as well in, in the five setter. That was a that was a good match as well. But he he came through on these fast and hard courts. The one-two punch of of a serve and, and forehand will be a bit too much for for Casper.
0: Yeah, and they both have pretty weak backhands, so they will both be looking to, you know, I mean, Roots is a bit more solid, but still they will both be looking to run around a lot. will be a lot of forehands hitting that match for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. So Berrettini through there, and then we have Kyrgios Hachanov. Hachanov, surprising quarterfinalist to me, but his team seems to have put it together this year and uh, seems to be in good spirits. They had some Twitter beef in two years ago or something that people seem to be talking about as kind of a possible aggro. I don't think that, I think that's kind of water under the bridge. That was quite a long time ago and it was a bit silly. So I don't think that has any any kind of relation to what's going on in this match. But I don't see Kiros losing to Kachanov. I, mean, I can't see it if he plays anywhere, anywhere close to how he has played before.
1: I think Kyrgios had a beef with everyone actually. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, you could you can just dig out something from Twitter and from like 10 years ago when, when Kyrgios was was trying to to do this or that. I I just know. I, I think Kyrgios is a change man in, in in many ways, which is good. He lost a point uh third set one all when when he was 30. It was 30 all. I don't know if you've seen it, Nick's uh antics, like uh he He run down um a Medvedev drop shot and then uh, Medvedev just just put it up in the air and Nick was like, "I'm just gonna hit it on yeah. on uh, on Medvedev's court and he <laughs> lost the point. but I was like, whoa, okay, that's that's exciting.
0: yeah, total brain freeze there, but I think that's typical <laughs> stuff that he he does and he thinks is entertaining because it's obvious that he's winning the point, but then he loses the point on his own racket kind of uh, and he just forgets the rules or whatever, but uh, yeah, shit happens. It's quite an important point. But he's the, this good part about that, like, or I think the the positive for Kyrgios in this tournament and the whole season, pretty much, is that he doesn't let these kind of things affect him too much. You know, he can get into a kind of an angry mood with his box for a bit, but he seems to center himself and come back to earth and then play well again. Before he could just go spiral down and just tank like I said after that, but he doesn't do that anymore, which is very positive for his uh, tennis career if he can keep doing it
1: yeah if if he keeps this up he's definitely a top 5 candidate i don't think he can keep this up for that long like look at alcaraz in the beginning of the year like everyone was thinking that this will be the best year ever by any player but you know it's a long season obviously he is missing home already so he he cannot wait to to go home to regenerate the like recharge the batteries and all that so so uh I think to be world number one, he still lacks a few qualities for that. But to be a Grand Slam champion, he already showed that he he won down under the doubles. Yeah, okay, doubles. But, you know, it's still still mm-hmm. pretty tough to do that. And then he played the final in... I mean, literally, this is the third Slam, what he plays. He got to one victory, one uh, finals. And now he seems in some some ways i've I've read, and in some some forums, I read that he is considered the biggest um, title contender now. He definitely has the game. I mean, he loves the crowd. He had this uh, this post on 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 the Instagram as well that like he's thanking the crowd and 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 they got him through. And it's really electric. I really like it that uh, that the the u s. crowd is just going mad.
0: I think this is the way tennis should be to uh, compete with other sports in the future. Like if it can be this electric, what we've seen in the Serena matches uh, in like, you know, the, the even golf, they're hugely behind her. You know, it's, it's a very nice atmosphere. Like it's a bit nuts for some people to play. Maybe they're used to a bit more quiet, the players, but... Overall, as a crowd and watching it from even television, you feel that that there's energy there. The US Open has really been on brand this year and, and really feels like a strong, strong Grand Slam. And it's been very entertaining to watch as well. So I think that's great. All right, so we have uh, Kyrgios probably playing Berrettini. You would pick him to win that match. I think that's possible too. And if he wins this match, I think he would beat Berrettini as well. Alcaraz and Tiafo, likely. And, and then... Alcaraz you said is- Rublev. Yeah, I know. no, But even if it's Rublev, I think Alcaraz is going to win the semifinal. So then we have an Alcaraz-Curios final, which means Alcaraz is number one in the world. And then that match is... uh, It's very hard to predict for me. I have no idea how that will go.
1: Oh, God. I mean, we can actually touch that now that like a lot of people said that when Feder, Djokovic and Nadal is gone like tennis is, is is dead in the water but if you look at this match and you look at the prospects and you look at Tiafo playing like this if you look at every every one of these guys have a little bit different style and that's why it's so exciting and and now I mean maybe for me Hachanov was a massive talent and yeah we we talked about his his swing and and what he does actually it was pointed out yesterday that Tiafo and Hachanov has a bit sort of similar uh style on their forehands which yep. is a bit true high sort of elbow swing which is weird but Tiafo's forehand is I think better I mean backhand definitely a million times better than than Hachanov's.
0: it's like Kyrgios and Tiafo, those are guys that times the ball so if Rafa meets them on, on a day when he is not maybe his sharpest and they are playing well, they will take the shots early and he will get in trouble. Like there were many times in the match from what I've seen that Rafa hit like a strong shot towards Tiafos forehand and he's running it and hitting it on the run for a winner. Like taking it, getting it early, like very impressive shot. So, I think that's been very clear uh, in, in that respect. So, yeah, Tiafoe is, is much more electric to watch, I think, a bit fun guy. Yes,
1: it reminded me of this match, uh, Tiafoe-Nadal, was a bit like Söderling Sauter- yeah. uh, in the French because it was just literally Söderling was lights out. And obviously, Söderling had a really, really strange style as well. Like, you know, he was, he was literally uh, just facing the ball all the time, so he wasn't really turning. And that's what I felt with TFO yesterday, that on their day, this is like the best chance to beat Rafa, to just literally bomb the line, hit some amazing shots. And that was uh, Robin's day on, on like, I don't even know, it was
0: 10 years ago or something. That's the thing you have to do against Rafa. I mean, we have seen it when he lost to Russell and Dustin Brown and Kyrgios at Wimbledon. It's like, they just go all in, no pressure. And they hit everything, you know. And what, what can you do as Rafa? You can't do anything. Like you, it's you can just try to get the ball back, but if they're just hitting a, every shot for a winner that they have an opportunity to do, I mean, it's just just tennis, right? You have to just okay, you were good at this day, you just just feeling the ball well. Before we end, I was gonna quickly go through the, the women's matches. Svontek Pegula or Pegula, that's how you pronounce it. What do you feel there? Like um, is playing well, but it's it's not kind of blistering winning 36 matches in a row or whatever it was form so it's more open maybe than you would think
1: definitely definitely pagula or pagula pagula or whatever she isn't doing as as i said earlier she isn't doing anything spectacular she has a good serve over 100 miles an hour she she can place the ball with her serve then she has a really solid forehand and backhand and she is clever um and that's what matters a lot. She she reminds you a little bit of like Hingis in her prime that she is just putting the balls on the right places. Like she's not playing lights out. She's not a Sabalenka. But you could see that she could neutralize Kvitova and Kvitova was she I think she was leading to love in the in the second set and she just like took it up a notch and and you know it, it, it was great to see. But then Pagula was 15, 20 minutes later. She raised her arm in delight because she just beat Quetola that easily. So I will, I will go with the not safe option here. I think Pagula will win this one uh, because I think she might be a bit too solid for for Shiontek. And Shiontek wasn't as convincing. Like she she broke uh, Niemeyer in the last eight service games. So that is pretty impressive. But I I I wouldn't compare Pegula to Niemeyer. It's totally different players. Uh and, and Pegula is having uh the, the year of her life and she is playing really well. Again, electric crowd, they will support her because Shiontek is not, you know, she's a she's a nice character, but she's she's not someone who the American crown crowd will go behind and and you know raise her level and that sort of thing. There's quite a few guys who the American crowd with favor, Siontek wouldn't be one, I don't think.
0: No, no, you've seen that on the practice courts. I've I've seen some some guys on Instagram. They they film the practice courts and the Spiontek courts are quite empty. She's not American, but still, like it she doesn't really excite people and, and create like a huge fan base outside Poland, it seems like, you know, which is a shame, but it's it's how it is. You can't always control that stuff. I agree, I think that's an upset. That would be my prediction too. And then we have uh, Plishkova who beat Asarenka, which was not a huge surprise, but but still good match from her. And she plays Sabalenka, who is uh, topsy-turvy. It's always up and down with Sabalenka. She plays one set not so good, and then she plays amazing tennis. She just goes for the ball. And Sabalenka in this case would be my prediction. Both players playing very flat and aggressive and, and just attacking, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I think both uh, both are pretty similar in in how they approach tennis in general, and I and I think Sabalenka now played herself into uh, a lot better tennis. She just lost to Garcia uh, in uh, Cincinnati,
0: yeah.
1: and um, and Garcia we know she's still flying. So I think I think it's it's pretty similar. It's a great victory for for um, Pliskova. But I I, I feel Sabalenka too. I think it will be a Sabalenka Pegula.
0: Yeah, it's a good Pegula. Good, good bet. Let's
1: let's call Pegula Pegula. Pegula I
0: think that. I like that better. <laughs> Pegula. Uh, all right. Uh, Golf Garcia, like you said, the virtual final, the, probably the most difficult match to predict. Goff has been playing really well. The New York crowd seems, you know, to go crazy for her. It's the year of Serena's exit, so she kind of re- will like take over the reins from the American crowd on the women's side. Perhaps that's what they hope. I guess. Yeah, so in the end, I will go with golf just because of the audience. But I've also seen Garcia, and she looks like she can't lose. Like, she's so relaxed, playing so well. So it's hard to predict that. But maybe the crowd will, will have something to do here in this matchup. But, uh, yeah, this one is difficult.
1: I think it's, it's the same sort of um, easy to predict as, as Kyrgyz Oskarov. <laughs> it's on the same sort of uh, vein. Um, yes, I, I agree that the crowd might take it... Um, uh, A bit too far for Garcia, but I said uh, now in in the last podcast that I I feel Garcia cannot lose. And I still stand by that prediction, what I had. So I, I will go Garcia. But what you said about the crowd might make it really, really tough. Although I think Garcia is playing on that level that she can actually neutralize the crowd. So she can play that well, that from the beginning, she will be like three, four games up. And then Goff will be like, "Wow, what happened? Like, what hit me?" So I think I think Garcia has the game now to to actually be uh, Goff in straight.
0: Yep, I agree. I think that's that's the the potential storyline of this match. Like, I, I'd still go Goff, but I think the risk for her is that Garcia comes out and firing, and the crowd is, is neutralized. I think that's a, a good point that you make because that could very much happen the way she's been playing. And in the other but if it's last... final
1: set, sorry, Giannis. If it's final set, then I would actually go with Goff. If it's you know a decider, then the crowd will play a big part. So yeah, yeah in in let, let's put it this way, and then I will I will save myself as well. If it's straight, it's uh, Garcia. If it's uh, three sets, then it's Goff.
0: Good point. I think that makes sense. Okay, and then we have Ons Jabor, who's been doing really well in Grand Slams and, and Spur Best Season. Uh, by a mile I think so far and uh, also probably Tomjanovic best tournament ever I would say she's been playing really well ever since she beat Serena and she had no issues with Samsonova uh, except a, a really tough tie break so that one is tough. I'll still go Jabor because she can maybe get Tomjanovic a little bit out of her strike zone, a little bit out of her comfort zone with some crafty slices and, and disturb her rhythm a bit. But Tomjanovic ha- has looked also very focused and determined to do something in this tournament. So it's not an easy prediction, but I- I'll go Jabor there.
1: Yeah, I like I like your points, what you made, because I think uh, that's what can can disrupt Tom Janovich's rhythm if if Jabor is just uh slicing a few coming to the net you know serving big and, and making these glory shots and and Tom Janovich will just again think about like how how can I just like be solid and and just get to these uh, these uh, cross-court backhand battles and and what can happen so so I will I will go with Jabour on that one myself
0: yeah, and then so then we have the the semifinals, and that's uh, maybe up for a later debate. But it's in our opinion, Pegula versus Sabalenka, where I would go uh, Sabalenka in the end. I think I think it's time for her to be in a final. But it would be fun if we have an American final as well. But Sabalenka for me, and from the other two, I'd go Goff still to the final. So Sabalenka go final, uh, Golf final, where Goff wins, which would be a, a good a historic thing for the U.S. crowd. Uh, so what do you think?
1: If Sabalenka can get in there, anything can happen. I think she will be shaking as as um, the autumn leaves. So that, that can also happen. You know, my prediction is still Garcia. Again, Tagula possibly. From the other side, it will be Garcia. And then it won't be the biggest spectacle, I think. But I think Garcia will, will win her first slam. and And that will be also funny because they will win the doubles as well.
0: Let's see, like, that would be exciting. So we have some interesting matches starting very soon today and I will have to thank you now, Dennis. We did a quick one today. I have a, another meeting I need to run to, but it, it's fun to catch up and it's been a really interesting US Open so far and it's not getting any worse now. So uh, it would be fun to watch the upcoming matches. Absolutely. Cheers, Jonas. Take care. Thanks, Dennis. Take care.